substitute lover I'm not second fiddle what are some of the other terms people would say I don't want to be the the second choice the uh, I don't want to be the afterthought or whatever anyways this what? is Buku One the Black Russian Podcast episode 13 hi I have no idea where you're going with that but alright yeah, that's Eula. She's very quiet. She hasn't learned. She has to speak louder in the microphone, but that's okay. She'll figure it out. So we just got through with episode 12. And what was episode 12 about? Patriarchy. That's what it was about. Dude, so, you don't remember? I just wanted you to say it because, you know, you like to say it and get all fiery. Fiery. Yes. So we talked about... Patriarchy. That's and why we need to keep talking about it till yes. you remember. Every time. Chauvinism. The every innate time. sense in men that yes. they really don't have to cater and they don't have to do half the shit that women do, mm-hmm. but yet they act like they're the leader. Yep. All right, cool. So did you get you get it a little bit out? I'm not going to ask you if you got it all out because it'll never be all out, but you get a little bit out. Do you know how many women were so happy that they did it? How many? A lot. Good. Mm-hmm. We like women. Mm-hmm. We'll do more. <laughs> so we're about to get into episode 13, which Eula has been leading in the last three or four episodes. She's been been the producer of them. She's been very passionate about that. So I've been enjoying kicking back, setting no, it off. No, episode 11 was not mine. Uh- <laughs> Okay. Don't even try I mean, it, to. It, it was me. yours. I Don't just had to. Don't even try to give it bring, to me. It was inspired by you. So, I did not produce it. Well, you, <laughs> I produced what was inspired by you. It's based on a true story. All right. So we'll get into these. Like we say before we go into every podcast, every episode, no style of relationship, not monogamy, not polyamory, not polygyny, not open, not monogamish or whatever you could think of is any more or less divine than any other it's the work that is put in between the two or more people, uh, the root work we put into ourselves, the chemistry and the intention that makes it divine. 
No pathway or tool is more or less divine. Sex is not any more or less divine than conversation, than is music, than is dance, than is service. So let's make that very clear. We're not advocating open or advocating whatever. We're advocating honesty, open conversation, true to yourself and empowerment and all that good stuff. So we'll go into my quotes because Yoda got rants attached to her. So she won't let her run her thing. My first one is you'll find that you sleep much better at night if your success isn't dependent upon the altruistic nature of others. The next one, this is a good one, long one. Without self-reliance, one cannot exercise these innate desires to serve. How can we give if there is nothing there? Food for the hungry cannot come from empty shelves. Money to assist the needy cannot come from an empty purse. Support and understanding cannot come from the emotionally starved. Teaching cannot come from the unlearned. And most important of all, spiritual guidance cannot come from the spiritually weak. We must self-nourish. You can only give what you have. You can only expect to receive what you have available to give. You can only expect to receive what you are. Last one. (laughs) Self-reliance is the only road to true freedom. And being being one's own person is the ultimate reward. We ain't got time to be someone else. It's really hard to be yourself. We just read a quote about someone who was true to themselves and spoke from their heart and realized that it was the right thing to do, but it wasn't easy. It didn't mean everything was going to be smooth. It didn't mean it was going to be received with open arms and heart sometimes. Speaking your truth ruffles feathers, cracks foundations, uh, breaks up relationships. And requires change. Requires change, real change. So those are my three quotes. I will pass the torch to Yula Kalk, a.k.a. Yoda Mitchell, (laughs) a.k.a. Short hair, don't care. What do you think would happen if I shaved my head? You'd be bald. As in I wouldn't care at all. Short hair, really don't care. Totally. New gig, hello wigs. Mm Mm-hmm. No, no wigs. <laughs> New gay hello wigs. No. All right, so my quotes kind of go into my rant, so uh, I don't know which happened first, uh, quotes or what I thought I was going to be upset about this week. Um, so the quotes. Most people think the more money, luxury, or fame they have, the more successful they are. But I think that the true sign of success depends on how many positive emotions they experience each day. I've been thinking about it, thinking about our kids and what do we expect from them and why do we expect it from them. And it's just so easy to think uh, that it's assumed that, you know, kids are smart, they're going to go to college, they're going to go this route. And then what if they don't? What if they don't want to? What if that's not where their happiness lies? Are we going to force them to? And then as we're forcing them to do it, they're going to mess themselves up and something tragic will happen? Like, is it worth it? I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, Let us rise up and be thankful. 
For if we didn't learn a lot, at least we learned a little. And if we didn't learn a little, at least we didn't get sick. And if we got sick, at least we didn't die. So let us all be thankful. That's a big one. And it's interesting, like Tian and I do gratefuls every day. A lot of our, we have a whole bunch of people that uh, now do gratefuls with us. And it's a very powerful tool, super powerful. Uh, people that usually like to start their day complaining all of a sudden realize that, ooh, I got to start my day with at least three things that I'm grateful for. And it's huge how, how fast it changes how people, how we think. I, it, years ago, when Tian and I were, you know, learning how to deal with each other, and I don't know, it was probably two, three years into us living together, uh, he literally banned me from using frowny faces on text, chat, text, whatever it was. And he suggested that we do it for two weeks. And the difference was so fast and so significant that we never, ever went back to it. It's so momentous, it's insane. But if you stop that momentum or don't even start it, it's as easy as continuing. Yeah, it's amazing to see what happens when you... Um, quarantine or minimize your complaining, um, how you're able to move further and move forward through things uh, and how how longer negative energy stays with you when you perpetuate it through conversation, through posts, through all It that doesn't stuff. even stay like with me. It's not even that it stays longer, but it develops, it, go, it goes deeper. Like I could start complaining about something little and it snowballs so fast it's it it becomes this monster that you didn't even mean to you didn't even think existed mhm thoughts are things and we 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 bring things to life the more we talk about them the more we think about them the more we you know complain about them it's like you know people who have something bad happen to them in the morning and every conversation they have with every person mm-hmm. they have to talk about that thing over and over again for that bad 20 minutes or one hour becomes a bad four hours becomes a bad day becomes a bad week right. and so on and so forth until other things bad happen to magnetize yeah. to justify just feeling like that poopy spoop is no i mean it's it's crazy how the the, the angle of uh what we're looking at how we're looking at things differs from our perspective i can come in and i love like my <laughs> my team at work uh, they know it. I can come in and be like, good news, people. And it will be something really difficult that we all need to deal with. But if you preface it with good news, it's it sets the tone. It's not like, oh, my God, this here we go again. we got to do this. This is terrible. Uh, just little things literally help. And my last one um, goes, I guess, along with your long one. Uh, do not look for a sanctuary in anyone except yourself. And I think we will end up talking about this a lot uh, today. Um, so going back into what I've been thinking about a lot is, um, it seems like we'll live in the world where achievement or success is literally marked by what we have achieved, 
we, oh, so we graduated from high school, great. We graduated from college, maybe we got some advanced degrees, and now we have a good job, so we're successful. But are we really? Are we successful and not functional? Are we successful and not able to get up every morning and be happy? Are we successful and we go for weeks without feeling excited? Is that success? Right. Is that, do we, you know, so do we push our kids to go down that road knowing that maybe that is, I mean, there's a big chance that that is not what they want. Right. And as black men, conspiracy theorist chimes in here, no, it's not really conspiracy theory. It's known to be what it is, is we have to ask ourselves, whose definition of success is that? Who benefits from us perceiving that as success and chasing that? Who benefits from that? Ooh, that goes with my cover page. That sure does. My, on my Facebook page, and that's pretty funny. Don't Just look at Eula Kalk's Facebook page, and the answer is there. But you have to ask yourself, who benefits from this definition of success? Who controlled, who narrates this? And you'll usually find that the definition of success that we're following are put in place by people who could care less about spirituality who really don't want you to be empowered to make your own decisions and write your own script and write your own vows. Um, so we must wake up. It took me forever. I didn't really fully, fully wake up um, and start until, really questioning until three or four years ago. Like, what is yeah. success to me? Like, before it was like, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever I have to sacrifice, grind 24 hours a day, nonstop, whatever it would take to reach that one big payout and everything else will work itself out. And then I... I had a huge career shift and I got time to stop and think and be like, damn, man, success is now. Success is every day. Well, the career shift that was forced upon you was not, it was not voluntary. If it wasn't forced upon you, right. who knows what it may, you know, how long would it have taken. But, you know, how long would it have taken? Not taken. Took us. But yeah, I mean, so, you know, I was fortunate, you know, by that. Mis mishaps of change of pace or change well, of path. Well, yeah, I mean, right there, you could have looked at it as it was terrible. It's right. terrible. I now my self esteem, my income, my everything is gone. I'm gonna lay down and not get up in the morning. But instead, we look at it as that was probably the best thing that could have happened, should have happened at that point. Yeah, yeah. And so, being able to sit still for a minute and define success and realize, you know, your kids. Um, are going to be the age they are just today. Tomorrow there's something else. The next day there's something else. Um, all we have is now. Time is only now. There is only now. Tion. Tion, Tion. Ha! Get it? There is only now. Acronym Tion. So if there's only Tion, <laughs> then all we have is today. So we determine success based upon our achievement today. Like you're yeah. saying in your quote, how, how many positive feelings do we string together how many times a day do we feel grateful to be alive how do we handle negative energy can we identify it work through it but know that we're moving towards getting through it not succumbing to it accepting it as real dooming our reality and letting it control the next uh, realm of things we magnetize yeah oh, and then as i'm you know i started thinking about it because of the kids because of um you know it it there's different, you know, kid, all kids are different. So our oldest is super on it and knows what she wants and she'll go and, you know, put a lot of work into it and, and get it. 
and then, you know, not every kid is the same way. And as they grow and they are trying to figure out who they are, like I can literally see how uh, things that normally do not matter by the societal definition of success are really huge successes for like for our middle one. Like he is completely 100% comfortable within himself. And that's huge. So do we now push him to go into something that may ruin that? But then he might be successful by the definition of what success is. Right. Or do we allow him to continue being himself and celebrate him being totally comfortable with it. He's 15. Like, it's not right. easy for a 15-year-old to be completely comfortable. And right. he's not completely comfortable. He's, I'm sure, there. I mean, I know there's things he's not. Right. But because majority of the time he is comfortable, that gives him that space to work those other things out. Yeah. So if we squeeze him out of the comfort zone and right. I push him, like... Is he going to lose it? Right. I mean, and that's what usually happens is, you know, you see kids who are free spirits, who are happy, who are bouncing around, and their parents are constantly telling them, no, stop, calm down, don't do that, stop, don't do that. And what happens, it beats that, that joy out of them, and they're over, they become um, overly concerned about not fitting in the box. And then that, that perpetuates through their lives, and they're afraid yeah. to speak up. They're afraid to stand out. They're afraid to be themselves if it's not. And then we just spend time being someone else until yeah. we can't take it anymore because we're suffocating who we really are. And yeah, and then and then if we you know if we see a path and we subscribe to it as the only path to success, and we push them down that path, we're also making decisions for them every step of the way. Right. So by the time that they get out of our immediate care, have we taught them how to make their own decisions? Right. Like, have we taught them how to make a mistake and recover from it? If we make, if we force them down that path that's not theirs and they're not choosing, are they, and we're making all decisions for them, you're going to take these classes, you're going to take you're going to do these activities, you're going to wake up at this hour, you're going to go to bed at this hour, You're gonna. these are going to be your friends, you cannot do this, do that, and do that. How are they going to fail? Right, and not being able to learn how to do that is a whole nother beast. But also, just with anything, if you tell someone what to do all the time, they get complacent and when you don't they will sit and wait for you to tell them what to do because they've gotten so used to following that they don't have that charge they don't have that giddy up they don't have that fight they just sit back and i've watched it in you know places of work where it's like someone's told to do something all the time never given room to lead never given room to try things fail um, or any of that, so they just sit back and they just they just freeze until they're told what to do. Then the boss or the parent has to always do that; it never ends. And then it becomes a wife that tells them what to do. And then it That's becomes my a biggest wife. like yeah. really for our son. My biggest fear is that if I do not, if we do not let them learn how to do everything by himself for himself, right? And that includes making his decisions, 
doing the dishes, doing laundry, cooking. Right. It's going to be so tempting to find a girl that will do it for him. Mm-hmm. And then whether or not she is a good partner. Right. I, yeah, I don't want... It, it, that it's, scares the hell out of me. For, especially for a man, because then it goes yeah. right back into the last episode. It's like, right. you know, men who are brought up not having to do shit. Not being having to take responsibility for things around the house or support, they just do what they want to do, and everyone else caves around them. When they go out and they find a wife, or the wife finds them, they end up creating a situation where the woman takes care of them, and then it just perpetuates. You know, so there's so many different reasons why it's so better for all of us to uh, empower ourselves, to lead, listen to ourselves, take the time to do the work, to become self-reliant, self-nourishing leaders in ourselves because the perpetual damage when we don't lead is unsurmountable because if we look at this as, we like to think of it that we're all connected. We're connected through energy and purpose. Um, And if one of us isn't doing our part and being ourselves, there are people that are looking to connect to the rest of the universe through you as a link. And if you're not doing that and you're not vibrating at the level you should be, then somebody's not getting the messages they're supposed to be receiving, which means somebody else and the perpetuation of the chain um, vibrating lower and missing the mark happens a lot. Not to mention what doesn't come to you if you're not up there in line to receive the next uh, information from the student, teacher, kindred spirit. Because we just don't know where they're coming from. We don't know when they're coming and we don't know how they're coming. But the messages come and, you know, if we're not doing we're not leading we don't know to lead we're not listening we're not present we're not comfortable in ourselves we don't believe what we're hearing mm-hmm. you know we could feel that we there's something's not right but if we don't trust ourselves we'll doubt it you know we'll feel we need to do something but we will doubt it you know yeah, yeah. Well, my you know as i ponder i mean i grew up definitely knowing that there's a path you go to school you go you know to college you get your degree you get the job you know you do the whole thing which is great. I'm not. Compl- I'm not at all denouncing it. I'm just pondering. Really, this is not for everyone. And what's the most important is that we uh, learn how to function in the world in a way that is most uh, optimal for ourselves, not for someone else's vision of you. And if that vision includes doing art and skating 12 hours a day, then you know, then that's the vision. And hopefully. We, te- we they learn how to be successful with that, with those tools. Right. With just the tools of like, for example, in skateboarding, um, the tools of, of leadership and growth is going through trying tricks and trying tricks and falling yeah. and falling and falling and getting back up and trying tricks and getting back up. That is a core characteristic that can transcend skateboarding once the next passion comes up because they've been through what it's like to progress at something, to have fear, to have to do it themselves. To no one can do a trick and get for up you. And do it again. Yeah. And to look at fa- falling and failure as neither. Like falling and failure is just that's a fun part of the game. It's mm-hmm. like it's like day and night. You gotta have them both. Um, and also we just add, we look to add, look to add concepts, add ideas, make suggestions. Like, hey, you do a lot of this. Have you thought about this? What happens? And you you help them see scenarios. Um, that may help them understand that being diversified or being more structured in certain areas may benefit them and their freedom. But the core goal for us is to help them have more tools for their own choosing when they choose different paths and not be stuck on it. I've seen many people who you know, grew up being athletes 
or professional skateboarders and then they blow their knee out or something and they literally have never done anything else but that and their whole self-esteem and their whole sense of self is reliant on that one lane they never transferred that determination that that trust in themselves in any other lane um and so they just settled on that being the only thing and they didn't have the lateral tools to be like no i can do this I came from not being able to, to being able to. I can do this in different lanes. It's the same concept as different tools. Um, you know, and that's really why we do that. And, you know, not like you're like she's saying, not every path is going to be received and provides the same nourishment for everybody. Like some person can skateboard 12 hours a day and do art and they're 85% nourished at peace, that's not for everybody. I can't skate 12 hours a day and just paint yeah. every day and that would be everything I would need. Like everybody has a different calibration. And the, the analogy that I use is, you know, two people can go to the same concert, the same festival and have completely different experiences. One could have a spiritual enlightenment, a, a movement, something that changes their lives in a positive way and just makes them really feel where that's where they should be and that's what they should be doing with the music or with the art another person could go there and be terrified and be feeling like an outcast and just have a really horrible experience it's the exact same um place but different experiences so you can't assume that one definition of success or nourishment is for everybody including yourselves and ourselves so that's where we have to veer a little bit into our own path and be like, what defines our success? What makes us feel deeply good every day? Which makes us feel like we are who we should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of ties into, you know, because I, that's how I think about kids. Sometimes I wonder, you know, what, what would happen if one of the kids comes out as gay? Right. And I want, I put it in, and you know, I to myself, it doesn't matter, uh, I just wonder in terms of my parents, you know, people from the old world, like how that's breaking the mold. How would that work? And the same thing with definition of success in life. You know, what would happen if one of our kids says, you know what, I'm not interested in going to college. Right. I, I, that's not what I want to do. Right. I want to do something else. And then go and create some other path and be happy with it you know that is completely breaking the old mold of at least where I came from right yeah I mean it's you know we've through our times and studying entrepreneurs and different things like we've learned that um, going to college for some gives them what they need to go on and do what they do even if it's not in that same field it gives them certain structure it gives them a sense of having to study some it turns them into followers. It turns them into, you go to college and you learn business management and you learn all these tools to manage somebody else's business that started their own company and hired you. Where entrepreneurs, a lot of them didn't go through college and they had this other concept of, I'm gonna go create something that's not already written and I'm gonna do that and then I'll go hire people who went to college to run my business while I be the visionary. Um, So it's really not, guaranteed the right way for everybody but how do we empower our kids to feel that way right how did like 
I don't want to impose the assumption that no, I have to because otherwise my parents are gonna be upset or I don't even have a choice. Like when I was growing up, I don't think I felt I had a choice. Right. Which is fine with me because it worked out and I wasn't against it and I didn't have a, you know, creative streak that I wanted to not go to college and go to something else. Right. But for other people, that might be completely, like completely different people inside. But the imposition of you have to do this or... Your parents are going to, what, disown you? Right. And yeah. that, that, you know, if you choose, I mean, I'm sure we know people that have chosen to go that route. Whereas if they had the freedom to choose what they really wanted to do, they right. would have never done gone that route. Right. And that's the real, like, I mean, if you think about it, we talk about it in relationship terms all the time. Like, if you really want to see if you're meant to be the, with the person you're supposed to be, give each other absolute freedom and see what they do with it. Yeah. If they go away and they don't come back, come back, then you know that's right. probably who they are. So it's the same thing in life. Like how many of us, if we could do whatever we really wanted to do, would be doing what we're doing right now? I just, I'm sorry, this, what you just said it reminded me of this anecdote from my grandmother's time. She uh, told this story of they had they had some friends, a married couple. He really was only looking to escape. Mm-hmm. And so this married couple was walking up to our place, which was on the third floor. And he was walking behind the wife and he leaned down to tie his shoelace. And next time she saw him was three days later. <laughs> <laughs> like he was literally looking for an escape. Yeah. Like he would not have come back if he had the freedom. Right. Like how many of us... Like do you need to keep him? Right. Really? Like how many of us, <laughs> if, we be- if we were empowered to believe that we have the right to go whichever direction we want to go, no matter how long we spent on one path or not, we had the right to change direction, would still be on the same path we've always been on. I have to tell you, like, one of my more, uh, maybe it was, like, my bravest decision at the first time I made the decision was when um, we moved here and I started going to Mills here, to college here. Uh, back in Lithuania, I was on the path to be a computer pro- programmer. Ooh. So I had two years of math and transferred it all here. Went to one computer science class here and came out and was like, I am not doing this at all. Like, this is not happening. Mm -hmm. But I was scared to tell my parents because they assumed that that's what I was going to do. It was my path. My mom was a computer programmer. My dad was an engineer. I mean, that's what was happening. And I went home and I'm like, hey, I don't want to do this. And instead, I want to do business econ. And it was not that big of a deal. Right. But I really have to think about it. Like, do I, what, what are they going to say? Right. Would they have felt the same way if you're like, I'm going into dance and theater? Um, probably not. Social justice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm going into social, social justice. Right. Yeah, I don't know what they would have thought. But that was like the first time that I made the decision was completely different of what they, uh, I guess it wasn't different enough. Like if I said, you know, I don't want to go to college, period. Right. 
that probably would have gone differently. But I remember being concerned, like, you know, I'm, I'm changing, I'm making this change, and it's coming from me. What is that going to be like? Right. So, I mean, empowerment, self-reliant, self-nourishment, identifying who you are. What do you really like? Like, a lot of times we don't even get to... We don't take the time to ask ourselves and sit with that uncomfortableness of, do I even know what I want? Do I even know who I am? What if I find out I know what I want, but I'm afraid to do anything about getting it? Then what do I yeah, do? That's, that, that's a huge one. I mean, not one. How many people do you talk to? How many people do we have in our lives that go, I'm not happy. I don't like this. I don't belong here. I don't like this. I'm not happy. All right, well, let's, you can do this, this, and that. Oh, no, I can't. Okay, right. well, then what do you do? Like, have that, that's, that's a choice as well. So basically you're saying you're not happy, you know why you're not happy, but you're choosing to continue doing the exact same thing. So logically you would think that you'd be like, all right, well, this is my circumstance. I might as well make the best of it and do something to make this place happy for as long as I have to be here. Right. Yeah, I mean, it so, plays such a huge role. So starting very young, so that way we can get, hopefully help our children and people that we come in contact with that are youth, that we do a lot of youth work, um, can think about these things early, like be able to think about it while they're still free. It's easier to think about it when you're 10, 11, 12, because you're not even, you're not even thinking about barriers. You're like, I want to be an astronaut. It's just until... Well, hopefully you're right. not, because by the time most kids... Like, you're looking at our kids. Right. By the time most kids are 10, they already have a whole big set of... Right, no, they've already not been told to, what to do, what not to, to do. Right, you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do that, and it's mostly what you're not supposed to do versus right. what you That's true. should do. Yeah, so, so now we're dealing with it in ourselves being, you know, midlife... As far as we know, you know, like you don't know, we never guarantee you anything, but we're dealing with a lot of our friends, ourselves, or peers. It's like, you know, changing directions, waking up, be like, damn, I'm not happy with this. I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this life. I'm not feeling this relationship. I'm not feeling this career choice. I'm not feeling the person I've been telling myself I am when I really know I'm something different. And how to navigate unwinding the long road because a lot of times when you wake up and you you go okay you know what i'm not happy i need to change something you may or may not realize until you look around that you've created a life you've created relationships friends and careers based upon the person you were and the person you really want to be now in order to get there you have to undo and a lot of when you're undoing People are looking at you like you're crazy because they're like, well, who is this? Where did this person come from? You've been this way all this time. Why is it such a big deal now? And you will get so much resistance because you've convinced so many people around you that you're one way. And so when you come with this whole other angle, they're not going to greet you like a liberator. They're going to greet you with resistance. And a lot of times that's when it's hard to be you. and It's hard to be. And you need to be brave because your people that love you the most, that know you the most, will look at you like you are crazy for trying to change. Yep. And the only way to get through is to ignore them. And, you know, you might be rude, you might be uh, ungrateful or seem to be, but I'd say, like, based on my own experience, and I had to go, I had it hard, 
Fuck it. Do yeah. you like you like? I mean, that's that's the best that I can put yeah. in. Yeah, you'll need thick skin. And well, and and so it gets to you, and you know how many times did I cry? Like it's not it's not easy. No. It gets to you that because the closest people to you know exactly which buttons to push. No. I mean, I it's it definitely gets to you, but. You know what? You cry and you feel it, and then you wake up and you're like, "Fuck it! They're not living my life. What are they gonna make me happy? They're right. not." And that's where self-confidence, the ability to know you can take care of yourself, you can grow, you can change, you deserve it, and you're gonna get it comes in. And if you don't believe those things, then that's what you need first. But let's talk about, like, it's hard. It's not easy because. The assumption a lot of times is if you're true to yourself and you follow your path, the world will unfold for you just as easy as walking down the street. So and the world will unfold for you, but it might take 10 years before yeah. you see the results. And you might have to fight some snakes, you might have yeah. to fight some demons, you might have to yeah. fight some lions, you might have to climb a hill that you've never learned how to climb before. You might fall down, you might take hell of long, it might seem like you're not progressing. It might take more faith than you think you have. I mean, and it's literally like you know, when you say this, these things, what you say is pretty. You know, it's general. Like you don't. It's. I guess if you put it in a more specific, concrete terms, it becomes a lot more personal. Break and, it down for me. Well, <laughs> what you're gonna deal with is you know. Your mom telling you that you are failing her, like you know that right. you're disappointing her. Your dad is gonna stop talking to you. Uh, you know they're not gonna want to have anything to do with you. Right. You know your husband. Your gonna husband's be like... gonna is gonna accuse you of everything and throw whatever in there to just push those buttons to make you feel horrible about what you're doing. Your wife's gonna make you feel like. Exactly, and it's gonna What's be. What's she gonna make you, know... you feel like? Add the wife in the two for examples. <laughs> Your wife's gonna make you feel like. <laughs> like you don't care that you are selfish, that you are. You just want to have sex with. Right. Fuck everybody that moves. Right, and then you know, and your kids might might throw like that would be the hardest. You right. know, I think I've had it easy because the kid, my kids, you know, never blame me for. It. Whatever changes I made in their life, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, other than my kids, everybody else threw in there. Right. You there's know? Few, well, there's, you're gonna feel you're gonna you're gonna experience guilt. Yeah. You're gonna experience shame. Yeah. You're gonna experience other people putting their hurt on you. Yeah, you'll um, be depressed. I mean, yeah. you'll go through all of that. Over and over. But the thing is, why do we want shit to be easy? Like. Think of the things that are easy to us in life. How rewarding are those things? <laughs> like walking now is easy. Breathing is easy. We're grateful we do them, but how many of us get juiced <laughs> that we accomplished breathing, that we accomplished taking well, a shit? you know, I mean, there's people that really, that's all they want is easy and that makes them happy. And I mean, it's, that's, that's that but if you right. if if you know for someone like like i can't deal with easy and being spoon-fed you know like i mean i was i was raised in uh in a situation where if i played my cards right i would have never had to work a day in my life right but i would have had to sell my soul to someone right but you know uh, there are people that 
it's all of them golden handcuffs. You was good yeah. for the soldiers all. Yeah. I, I, you don't I, like handcuffs? I don't like, I like handcuffs. I don't like golden handcuffs. Like the fuzzy ones? Yeah. Okay. I don't like fuzzy ones. I don't like anything fuzzy. You don't like anything fuzzy? Like no. spiked handcuffs? All right. Don't have any, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing is like, you think about you, how do you re- receive the rewards from achievement, accomplishment, without hard work. Like, you know, the Warriors would have not appreciated this win if they didn't lose last year. It'd be a different thing. I mean, you got it to be oh, a champion. Oh, they would have appreciated it. Not the same me. way. There would have been no Kevin Durant. There would have been, right. you know, it's just you got to put in work. Like, the people that overcome the most adversity when they triumph receive the highest heights and the deepest yeah. depths. Yeah. People who've been through the most um, and still find ways to be grateful and feel happy are really, really grateful and happy. Yeah. You, you find people who've made it out of Rwanda, yeah. you know, who made it from Cuba, you know, who made it from the favelas of Brazil to make it to America to skateboard. They are the happiest people ever because they had to go through so much that just being out here and having food and being able to skate is tremendous for them. Yep. You know, think about folks who have it easy. They're bored. They're upset. Yep. They they just don't have this drive. They don't have a fight in them because mm-hmm. it's just been it's been too easy. You know, they have no measurement of value. They're looking for to feel something. But so what do you work, think would happen if? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think would happen if you, so people that have it easy, you take all of that away? Yeah, I think they would have a real hard time existing. And then if they did make it through, they would have a whole different appreciation of all the gifts, the luxuries, the privileges that they have. You know, I would always wish that on my former artists, like, damn, like, I really wish there was like a reality show where dude had to get a job. A 40-hour-a-week job, like, folding shirts at the Gap. And then make $500 a show or less. Well, just not even have shows. Right. Like, you just worked. And it would make you appreciate the, the place that you're in. Um, but that reality check doesn't always come. And sometimes the, the best lesson the universe can provide you with is having you be exactly where you're supposed to be. And you figure it out. So if you got all these luxuries, all this space, all this time, all this money, all this whatever, and you're not happy, that's where you should be. You got to figure that's your equation. You know, if you're poor and you don't have a lot of material things, but you got a good, you got a good family or you got friends or you got opportunity to go to school, that's exactly where you are. If you're not happy, figure it out. What do you want to change? Change it. So what do you want to change? What I want to change? I want to change my socks. Cause they a little funky, but you know what? I could go, damn, my socks are funky. Do I like funky socks? Not after seven days. I can take my socks off and get new socks on my feet. Damn, I can actually do that. I can be like, yeah, but I'm not flexible. It's hard to get down there. Is you know, like you know how long my legs are. Analogy. That's a great analogy. Okay, right. It's just to show that if I'm like, I don't like where I am today. I could take a step and be one step closer to where I want to be tomorrow. Yeah, but that's hard. Yeah. You, yeah, you know, I don't know what's easy. Love ain't easy. True love ain't easy. 
good sex, you know, like ain't easy. You can get it, you can have it once or twice, but to maintain it, it's not easy. Having a family ain't easy. Being in long-term relationships aren't easy. No. As we Come know. On. Nope. Cohabitating with any with somebody is not easy. It's easy to cohabitate with me. <laughs> what else isn't easy? Life ain't easy. Shit, making a song ain't easy. Like liking yourself is not easy, but it's so worth it. Yeah. So worth it. Like it's so so worth it. All right, where's your song? I have a whole different agenda after this. Oh, we're not even near the song. Oh yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into a song break. I was like, we're not really into there. Are we there yet? All right, I guess we're there yet. But I just want to say this, and then we'll go into the song. You break. love me. Yes, but that's not what I was gonna say. It's a podcast, not about us. No, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> So we're talking about, you know, self-reliance, self-nourishment and people looking at outside situations as to why their circumstance isn't right. Like, I'm this way. I know what I want. Why don't I have it? You know, if I just had that woman in my life, it would be all good. If I could if I could just get that one job, I would be good. If I if, if I could just if have a man to make me feel like this, I would be all good. And I'm like. You know, what you seek as far as love and intimacy and connection and camaraderie is not a human. It is not a person. It is not a place. It is not a thing. It's an energy. And it's an energy that we attract based upon the energy we put out. So if you want all these things, become those things. Become those things, live that love, live that intimacy, live that empathy, live that connection, live that person who grows, who learns, who evolves. So you'll attract that person who loves, who grows and evolves. And as you do that, you'll be able to filter out the ones who don't. And almost as important as that, maybe even more important, you'll be able to handle somebody who does. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to do is find somebody who's done all their homework and knows how to work with themselves, knows their shortcomings, and can own their own shit and communicate it and, e- and evolve and grow, and you're not there yet because you won't be able to keep that person because you'd have homework that you haven't done yet. You're skipping steps hoping that this person's going to make you whole, yeah. and that's not it. So it's not a person. You're not going to find true love in a person. You're not going to find true love in a place. You're not going to try and true love in a thing or a material success. It flows through those things, but it will never remain in that one person, place, or thing. Well, so you could, you know, I mean, you can meet that person and you can use that connection to help you continue developing and then, you know, get to that point where you've, you can yeah. handle it. And then, but I guess what, what you're saying is that you can't, Assume that you'll meet that one person and then you will have, you won't have to do anything. Right. And then it's just going to be happily ever after, after that. Yeah. Energy has to be harnessed. We mag- magnetize energy thoughts through our thoughts and actions. If we want happiness, we have to be creating happiness daily. We want reality and truth and love and like real real life, 
We got to be living, talking, and breathing real life. We want growth. We want passion. We got to be living that passion because you meet somebody who's passionate. And if you're not passionate or you can't maintain it, eventually the passion between you and them are going to go away because mm-hmm. one person's not enough to create that passion. You want variety. You got to be that variety. You got to welcome variety. You got to be able to handle variety. You know? So if we're waiting for that one magic person, that one magic place or thing, um, then we will always be slave to what other people are doing and what energy flows through them. Some people come into your life with the deepest message of your life at that point, and they're only meant to be there for a week or a day or six months. But if we fall in love with that because they brought that message and we try to hold them in our lives till we choose, it's no longer beneficial, then we may ruin that situation and change that blessing into a elongated blessing that turned really bad and sour and nasty. Mm-hmm. And now when you think about that person, you think of that pain and you forget that blessing. And now we're going to go on that motherfucking song break. Bam! Because that goes straight into what I want to Drop talk about. Drop the motherfucking What mic. I want to talk about. Mm. Uh. Cause I am a lucky if yeah. Every day is good because of being a lucky if I like if yeah. Oh na na. From the day I was born to the day me I go lucky, I lucky yeah yeah yeah. Every day is good because of being a lucky if I like if yeah. Oh na na. From the day I was born to the day me I go lucky, I lucky, I lucky yeah yeah.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was Patrice, Everyday Good, from Germany, which I got that song many, 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 many moons ago on my trips to Germany. And uh, this goes into the Daily Gratefuls, the whole thing. But I want to wrap up what I was saying before. I'm going to give Eula back the mic because she's, she's itching over here. She's shaking, eyes wobbling, smoking. She's fiery, turning different colors and shit, ready to rock it. So back to becoming and being the energy that we want and expect out of other people. If we are the love, if we are the intimacy, if we are the excitement, if we are the passion, then all of a sudden the universe will start bringing you energy, love, excitement, passion, variety, all these things that you wish for. Um, in many places or things, it'll come through people, it'll come through job experiences, it'll come through networks, it'll come through activity, it'll come through trips. You'll just constantly be surrounded by passion, love, intimacy, connection. If you're so, negative and you're pessimistic and you're all that, pessimism and all that shit will find you through your food, through your restaurant trips, through your friends, through your vacations, through everything you do, you'll find the same shit. So... 15 years ago, if you would have told me all this, I'd be like, what do you mean if you are passionate, if you are love, if you are all this? Like, what do you mean? Right. I, literally, what do you mean? Are you asking me? Yeah. So, let's say you want more passion in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have to become a passionate person, a driven person, a person who, when someone meets you, they feel your passion. You know, if you want to be... Um, a fun person to be around or you want more fun people to be around like I wish I had more friends who were really cool and deep who weren't bullshit right. then you gotta be that fun deep person that's not bullshit and be out there so people can meet you and be like damn that person's hella fun and they ain't like no bullshit that you know? makes a lot more sense you know if you if you're like man you know if if that promoter would just give me a chance to perform you know they'd see how helpful and useful I am then you go be helpful and useful to that promoter. So they can go, man, that person's hella helpful and useful. I'd like to bring them in. And so you become these things. You want that love from other people. You want the accolades. You have to give yourself and be that love. Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to give love and I'm going to be excited and passionate about my life no matter where I go or what I do. So that defines me. People meet me and no matter where they meet me, they're like, dude, Tion is silly. He's funny. He's in engaging. He's He's completely comfortable and he makes dumb jokes sometimes, but dude, that dude is him. Like, and you, the same energy people will add, will say about me, where I, no, matter, no matter where I met him. I can meet him at library, on an airplane, at the skate park, and all the, 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 um, the message is the same. They don't all like me, but you know, the reasons why people don't like me are very consistent. And the reasons why people like me are very consistent. Well, no, that, like, that, I wanted you to break that down because I know to myself, some years ago, I would have been completely lost. It would have sounded like you read a book, you read a sentence and goes over your head, you put it down. Right, right. Break it down like this. Yeah. Don't What's assume that everybody knows. What's on your mind, eyeball rubber? So I wanted to go into this aspect of open relationships that uh, I've been thinking about and pondering and 
because of our experiences, I think, and also seeing other people's experiences, I wanted to talk about um, the various, I guess, ways of how connect, intimate connections with people work uh, based on what the purpose of them is and then also the good, the bad, and, you know, the difficult that can come from getting that close to people and allowing people get that close to you and us um, and, you know, talk about something a little more specific than just general, oh, well, we have this relationship and we're allowed to have these freedoms and sometimes it's uh, difficult, but we get through it and voila. Right. So you go actually, we finally going to talk about relationships and sex and stuff. I know people be like, just talk about listening to the Black Russian podcast. It was about open relationships and sex and sex and sex and stuff. But no, we, we went to, oh, we got some serious, but it's good. We're going to give it to him. We're oh going to give God, it to him. You're going to give it to you. God, be quiet. I didn't, have, I didn't say sex. Oh. Really? Yeah, you're not going to give it to him? Excited. What are you talking about then? <laughs> I thought you were talking about threesomes oh and three God. ways and so trinities when, and so sex when, and so stuff. So when people say one track mind, that really is a one track mind, huh? Well, people listen to our podcast. I want to get a little sex and relationship <laughs> talk in there. I'm sure you'll add okay. to it. What are you talking about? Break it. I'll, I'll, be, I'll play it back. Let me get some more. Right. You talk. So let's talk about... Um, our purpose of having intimate relationships that are outside of our marriage. Define like, intimate, though. Oh, my God. Do you really want me to? Well, because you can't assume everybody <laughs> thinks about it. Everyone assumes intimate means sex. So if it's not, what does it mean? Well, normally, in what triggers everyone's insecurities and problems with, you know, oh, my God, how can you, is sex. So when I say intimate, that does include sex. So let's talk about it because my definition of, you know, um, an intimate relationship outside of our marriage is very different from what other open relationship people have. So what is it for you? What is intimate? And then that'll help. Then once you explain that, then they'll be like, okay, so when you go into the like, okay, I'm with you. (laughs) All right. So mine has always been that, uh, you know, and it came from just watching how you work and also came from uh, uh, how I work, uh, is a friendship. Like, it's a friendship and it includes sex and it's not there to create another duplicate relationship that I have with you. And it's not there to give everything to the person to make them stick around and, you know, start depending. I mean, I actually am allergic to other people being dependent on me. Um, And I'm pretty sure that you are as well. So um, I just wanted to talk about that because there's, you know, we we have experienced uh, difficult times with, uh, situations where, I mean, relationships are difficult things, right? I mean, you get that close where everything is uh, available, right? The, the 
emotional intimacy, the physical intimacy, and regardless of how many times you say, uh, hey, this is not a love affair, or hey, this is not, uh, you know, I'm not creating this to replace anything I have at home. I'm not duplicating it. I'm not here to be your one and only or primary. You know, it's difficult to know what the other person will feel. So I think the reason why I'm talking about this is not to, uh, you know, state, hey, this is how we operate and it doesn't matter how the other person feels, but there's just some stuff that I've been pondering as, you know, it, it is uh, important to make that distinction, but it's also impossible to guarantee any uh, that just defining this and being true to our own definition is going to guarantee that uh, the other person involved will feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, emotions do things to people. Um, one thing that it does, especially in this space, and we've talked about this in actual three-way sexual space, is that if you have any insecurities or any um, things that are not surfaced that are being suppressed, they will come out. Um, and it triggers things. The, you know, the deeper you feel, the higher you feel, um, the more open you become. And not only good things come out, but it triggers things. A lot of other things come out and it's hard to really, you, there's no guarantees with feelings and emotions and the movement of them up or down. True indeed. So do you try to avoid it? Do you just, you go into a relationship with a new person not knowing how they will respond, but hoping that they are, will benefit from this relationship more than get hurt? Yeah, it's a combination of judgment based upon what you know and how they respond to you. Good communication, both speaking on where I am, what I'm about, what I have and what I don't have, inquiring about what they're looking for, um, and intuition. And then the rest is, you know, you live it. You don't really know. You just got to live it. But you do your best to um, keep everything in perspective. You know, you do your best to make sure that the message that you're giving them is consistent and true. Um, you know, you do love, you do care. Um, you appreciate the shit out of them. Um, and we can go all these different directions with that energy as long as it supports and respects our core foundations. And that's me, my wife, and my kids, and my path. Yours could be yours and your kids and your path if you don't have a primary. It could be yours, your primary, your kids, and your path if you have it. Or it can be just you and respecting you if that's your path. But whatever you deem as your core, we have to respect those. And as long as we can respect those, we have the rest of room to play and bask and create and generate and build. And then hopefully we can keep going from that. If, if emotions go higher, go lower, go left or go right, hopefully we are building a foundation that we can communicate that and hold space for each other to be able to speak upon that without the other person getting too defensive or reacting negatively. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, you know, 
as many times as I've been through it, it goes sometimes very similar. Sometimes it's like you could cover the same things, you could have the same conversations, and different people feel them differently. Um, and sometimes they felt it, and they were they were right with you. And then six months later, something happened in their life outside of our dynamic. Maybe the person they were dating that they were close to, they're no longer dating. Maybe their job situation changed. Maybe their life got more stressful. And all of a sudden, what we were providing each other became more of a prominent need. So whose responsibility is it to gauge all this and uh, you know, try to not go so far off the middle, like off the balance? that it you know it it can really 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 hurt a person yeah. like it's less i think that there is a less of a chance for uh either you or i to get hurt because there's two of us and our core is us but for someone outside of us that's a real chance like that's a real possibility so whose responsibility is it well, I think there's three responsibilities. I or us are responsible to make sure we're doing our parts to be honest, to be truthful, and to be reminding and mindful of the cores of theirs and ours and the gauges based upon what's going on. It's their responsibility to make sure they're respecting the core and the principles that we've agreed upon in our foundation. Um, and then it's us collectively, them and us, we are responsible for this dynamic that we're creating. It's the blessing that we have. We have the opportunity to treat it right and have it grow or neglect it or overlook things and have it go bad. So it's it's everybody's responsibility. I'm responsible for my own shit and make sure I'm doing my part. They're responsible for their shit, make sure they're doing their part. So are you and so are all of us as a collective, as a team. So I think uh, that, you know, a lot of the times, because the core purpose of what I have learned from you, uh, of how you operate, is to meet people that, um, you know, inspire you and share something special with them. But there's also a big part of you meeting people that uh, you will inspire and you will uh, help get uh you know maybe more uh, like realize their own power and 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 get uh more light in their life so that it helps them get over whatever hump they need to get over right. to truly become their own powerful self and then after that they you know do what they do but they they are more powerful than they used than they were before but right. that to me means that when you start that relationship you're the one that's more powerful has more tools more understanding and you guide them you help them right so yeah. in that case like to me you have more responsibility yeah not it's true. not it's not an equal you can't just say, hey, as long as I am clear about my intentions, as long as I'm clear about my do's and my don'ts and my and my parameters, uh, the rest is on them. They have to honor that. I, I say that a lot of the times you have more responsibility above and beyond that because the other person is in a... It's a newer space. For right. Them, it's yeah. A, it's a new space, and B... 
they probably have not had that energy in their life. So when you come in or when that energy comes in, it becomes so attractive because it is very attractive and it's probably something they've never encountered before. Regardless of what they logically understand, it can do, like, it, it's, it's very powerful. So then the pool is going to be, it's, it's quite possible that the pool is going to be, I want more of this. Right. And I want more and more and more of this because this is something I've never had before. And this is crazy how it's making me feel. Yeah. And not so so in that, in those situations where the other person is not as you know powerful and balanced and in control as you are like it's it's to me that's you have more responsibility to I don't and I that's where I I have no idea how to do it I I know how I would do it right. I don't know what you know how you would do it like pull back less more well, like it's not fair to pull back well, the challenge is the not. challenge is this um you know in a lot of the spaces that i enter in i think a big part of my role is who i am and who i'm as i'm a connector um i do end up being a translator of certain vibe a reflection yeah. of themselves or um introducing them to a newer space that they may not have knew they had access to so, yes, there's a responsibility of the ambassador. There's a responsibility of the guidance person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to overstand. Now, the challenge is this. Um, you want to take those responsibilities and the obligations seriously. And it's a blessing. Um, and at the same time, you don't want to get condescending right. to where someone's telling you, I got it. I right. understand. I'm with right. you. And if I, if I can, I'll talk to you. And you don't want to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You say that now, but I've been through many with you, with people like you, and they can't, and you can't. So let me right, do this. Right, but that's, you don't say that, but you, 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 I mean, you of all people know how to adjust energy. Yeah, and that's, what, that's all we can do is be mindful that we are in a space where we are partially guiding and part of the experiences. They're trusting in me in, in, a, in a space they're not stable in yet. Um, or trust me with the energy they're not stable in within themselves yet. So part of the responsibility is, yes, minding the gauges and, and being more trying to be more mindful of it and um, bring the conversations up if need be. But the other part of empowering somebody is having faith that they actually can handle what they say they can handle and they are cool with what they say they're cool with. I still mind my gauges, but you have to empower. Part of empowerment of somebody is giving them back their power and letting them lead. And that doesn't always come out great both for everybody smoothly. It just doesn't, just, there's no 100% way to avoid that. We don't know how feelings go. We don't know how life paths go. When people are vibrating high, they could be like, nah, I totally right. get it. Right. When people are vibrating lower due to stress, financial right. situations, physical health, right. family trauma, all these things affect how we handle things. And if we vibrate low, we usually act differently than when we do when we vibrate high. So you can't, you can't control that. So all you can yeah, do is mind Yeah, I mean, I don't it. have any answers. I'm, yeah. just, I, I'm just, you know, pondering. I know that my way would be to, you know, pull out or, like, you know, adjust because I'm just so not into anyone depending on me or developing such strong attachments that it negatively affects them. 
Uh, but that's my, you know, that's a huge reason why I'm not actively uh, engaged with anyone now because that's like, you know, that that's probably half of it is because yeah. I'm afraid of what of of the effect and and consequence. Right. And not to me, but to the other person. Right. Well, the reality is um, that connection, that deep dependence is circular. And student-teacher relationships, sometimes the teacher needs that student as much as that student needs that teacher. Um, and sometimes it's flipped. Sometimes, so... Um, it's not always a one-sided thing that there's this connection. Like it's just that the whole dynamic of a student and a teacher is a very deep connection. If you're, if, you know, when you think of the people who've impacted you the most, who you learn the most from, you do get attached to them. Yeah, of course. You know, right? Um, but what, but it goes I'm not saying ways. no attachment. I'm saying an attachment to the point where it becomes. Right. It's a fine line, though. You mm -hmm. can't always dictate that. Like, I mean, you know, there was a period of time when I was so into Malcolm Gladwell. I wouldn't say I, I was obsessive, but I would listen to it all the time. I would talk about it all the time, you know, and maybe more than any people wanted to hear about it. I was deeply connected. When I was into Russell Simmons, I was deeply into Russell Simmons. It was a very intimate dynamic. I would listen to every book I could find, read every article I could find, um, you know, and there's certain teachers in life when the ones I, I was, uh, had access to, I, you know, I probably crossed the line a lot, maybe bugged them, but I got to the point of bugging them. That's what it would be if it wasn't sexual, it would be like bugging somebody when they're like, they're down to help you, but you're so juiced, you keep coming at it. So, it's 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 interesting, and not to and when it comes to these dynamics too. A lot of times, um, you're, I'm learning as much from them as they're learning from me. It's just that we're providing different nutrients. Yeah. If I'm in a stable situation in an open relationship, married for forever, and been open for damn near twenty years, I've been in this state of being, and they've only been in it for a year, like I'm providing them a lot of guidance and experience and wisdom and and these things. But they may be healers, they may be archivists, they may be farmers, and there's things that they have expertise that I don't know, and I'm learning from them just as much. Yeah, but that's a different level of uh, sensitivity. Well, right, but it's just different nutrients, and the, the sensitivity is it's different based upon who they are, who I am, how I self-nurture, how self-confident I am, how self-confident they are, how stable they are in their core life. You know, what they're looking for, what they're not looking for, how, how, how's their vibration, how's their family life. I mean, there's just so many things that play a role and those are always moving. So you just got to stay on your toes. You got to stay engaged. You got to listen. You got to be empathic. Um, well, you got to, you, know, you know, like I know your motives and I know that you get, you know, like what motivates you is ability or, you know, possibility to help someone who needs help. So that uh, naturally puts you in in the position. But that's only part of it, though. It, it's, it, you can't say it solely that way because that's not the whole truth. That sounds like I'm going to save people. That means I'm I'm looking for people who are less than me. That's not at all what I'm doing, at all. I'm looking to find ways that I can contribute 
via my talents and my experience that helps elevate the overall good of the dynamic. So it's not like they're less than me. I'm just trying to find ways. Say to, they're, no, they're I know, less but if, than... when, it, when it said like I'm going to help people, but you do. That's what right, you do. Right, but that's not all I do, and that's not the only reason I connect with no, people. No, I didn't say that. Right, but I'm saying I was adding to this because you had just said that, and you didn't say these other parts. So I'm saying them for us that there's more to the connection than finding somebody that may need my help. It's just overall the core thing is finding a way to be of service and stoke people out. In return, I'm learning from them. I'm fascinated with who they are. I'm basking in their talents. I'm basking in their passion, their perspective, all of that. So it's very reciprocal. It's just we're giving each other different things. Just in this relationship spaces, I have a, I have this. Right. Spin. So this I'm is. talking. I'm talking about the relationship space, and what I see is that a lot of the times, you uh, like the the people that you connect with that uh, rely on you the most are the ones that need the most input in from relationship you. Relationship base. Right, relationship. Right, right because I'm, yeah, I mean, that, right, yeah. need them, and that's all I'm talking about. Right. Need the most input from you. So, what happens is you, because they need more, most input from you, you spend more time and energy with them. And that creates that, that like escalates the amount of time and energy that you give because you want to, because that's your contribution to them. But that makes your star in their life even more shiny. Right. And that that is where what's the most delicate situation uh, that I see that right. is where, you know, the and I like I said, I don't have answers. I'm just identifying that these are the most delicate situations okay. and wondering is there a way to help, you know, be uh like more proactively engaged in balancing it. I I know there is no way to um, couch every situation, uh, and I'm just you know like I think mm-hmm. I wanted to spend time to just thinking to to talk about it. I know that we have, uh, you know I I've seen a few times where uh, my presence and my contribution helps. I've seen times when my presence and my contribution hurts. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it boils down to is it's not an exact science. Humanity, human interaction, deep connection, um, needs, desires, wants. It's just not an exact science. You just got to stand your toes, learn as you go, learn more as you go, apply what you've learned, go in, open eyes wide, and just be willing to ride it. You know, part of the whole thing is the ups and the downs. Um, the, the, tr- the sad truth is part of the overall blessing of it is the coming together, the highs, the turbulence, and departure. Like, it's all part of the song, right? A song starts, a song has choruses, and a song eventually ends. The ending of a song um, and what's left, what you're left with is just as important as a song as you're while you're in it. Mm-hmm. So it's just all of it. Um, and to me, it's intimate connection that transcends this. Like, I could be that, I play that role in a kid's life. You can, there's skater kids that I've met that I become that role in their life that, you know, it can become a little overbearing. And I have to find a way to balance that out and empower them, but not like, dude, I'm, I just got other things to do as well. 
right. and stuff like right. that. So it's really, you know, it's just, you know, if you're, if you're going to be of service and be willing to teach, um, you know, it's just part of the ride. Um, I try to, I try when I'm, you know, when, when I'm, I, when I'm aware that someone is really, really benefiting and seeing me as a teacher, I try to make sure I'm reciprocating that energy and paying it forward and paying it up and letting them know I'm a messenger. This came through me. This is not original concept for me. This has come through me through many things. You know, I'm blessed that you like my brand of translation, but this is not mine. This is yours. This message of feeling special, of feeling loved and this knowledge, I see. I sought, sought this knowledge out and it came through me. I'm sharing this with you. Hopefully you will take it and digest it and translate it to all these other people who will be looking at you the same way you're looking at me right now. And I'm honored to be that person that you're looking at as someone who you value their opinion and you're willing to actually digest the information that's coming through me. Um, I try to never forget that. It's not me. It's not me. You know, I'm trying to be the best medium I can so it flows through me at a high frequency. And I've learned if you pay it forward and you reciprocate it, your line of communication and divinity stays cleaner. When you hold on to it and you harness it and you, you beat your chest a little bit, you start believing in your own hype, then you start you start eroding your frequency and you resonate not as deep as you would before. Yeah, no, and, and you know, all that you're saying is comes from everything that you're feeling and your intentions and all that. Where I'm coming from is seeing it from the outside and seeing more of an effect that it has on people and the uh, danger of of allowing it to go to where it becomes, you know, yes, yes, I understand messenger versus the message, but, you know, and that but is where the danger lies. Yeah, you just, so, can't, you just can't control that. You just don't know. You do your best, but you can't control that. The real true test is when people think of me five or 10 years removed from our dynamic, do they think of it as trauma? think of it as a blessing there's you know time will tell it's you know some do some don't all we can do is be brave be truthful be our part and try to find ways to refine and catch things earlier if we can or help prevent them if we can but understand there's always going to be a gap from what we know and what we can do and what actually will happen because that's the chemistry and the ebb and flow of the time the date the space the energy and the pre-existing situations around that are waiting to be ignited or triggered. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a very difficult topic. It's something that I, you know, I think about a lot. It's something that I see. The more I see, the more I feel, the more, you know, I can uh, empathize, empathize? Yeah. Uh, you know, from the other side. And I think the... Uh, as low as I have scored on the empathy test, <laughs> <laughs> I really feel that test is really not not the true reflection of how you know the true empathy. So I really, really feel it, and uh, I can. Uh, I think that I've been thinking about it more because I wonder if like is there something to do to help early on, maybe or. 
like what helps, what doesn't help. And uh, it totally does depend on the person, totally depends on the chemistry. Uh, but that's just what, yeah. you know. It's I've hard been. to tell. I mean, it's really hard to tell. Like, you know, like I think of the last four or five people I've gotten close to and built with and really, you know, got close to. And there are periods of time where I'm like, well, I remember when I was during it, I'm like, wow, this is, this is great. Like, I think we have a good dynamic. We can communicate well. We, uh, we talk well, but we talk about the hardship. I don't see how this can possibly go bad. And then it goes bad at some point. You're like, damn, I was not, if I was the guest, like that was not what I was thinking was going to happen. And I just realized like, you just never know. Like, it's just like, it goes back to what is success? What is a successful relationship? How long is it supposed to last? What is a successful friendship? What is a healthy, how long is it supposed to last? How is it supposed to end? How is it supposed to go? Like, I don't know what that is. All I know is, you know, while we're during, we try to enjoy, appreciate, make the best of it, be the best team player we can be. Um, and, you know, like, understand that nothing is promised. And even you can do everything you felt at your disposal, at your knowledge level at that time. And things can still go bad. And it may go bad because you fucked up. It may go bad because they fucked up. It may go bad because we stopped paying attention to each other's dance moves and we stepped on each other's feet. It may go bad because the universe was telling this person, it's time for you to go left. And Tion, it's time for you to go right. I just, you just don't know. You, you can look back. Sometimes you can see clues. Um, but, I think you yeah. always, I think that when you look back, you do know why. Uh, at least the you know the relationships that I have been a witness to, you can always tell why. So you know, like you're, you're right now, you're speaking in terms that are a little too uh, general. Yeah, but not really, because in hindsight, of course, you can see everything perfectly. Well, right. So, but hindsight, you don't operate in, in, in hindsight. You don't operate in hindsight. So when you meet somebody and you're building with somebody, you don't know everything you know about them at the very end of the exit. When you look back, you don't know these things. They can tell you they're going through hard times. They have these traumas, but they're working through. When you're building with somebody, you're building with them with faith that they can grow and they're not condemned to be who they were. So that's part of the empowerment in, in itself. You cannot operate from hindsight. You can only operate from how they treat you, what they say and what reoccurs and how it reoccurs. And you go from there. And I've been very clear in working on it. If I see something reoccur several times, I speak upon it like, though, this is not good. If this continues to go, then this, we may not be able to do this. Um, in hindsight, you can go, oh, yeah, that's exactly when that came out. And that was the origin of that and that. But when you're doing when you're involved, you you're building with that person in faith. That if they're telling you they can handle this, it's just kind of hard because of where they come from. You trust that they can and you have faith in them that they can grow. You don't just go, yeah, but you're already like that. That's clearly going to be it. I'm going to move. I can't do this with you because it's not all based about that. The story hasn't been written yet. There's their part of the story. There's mine. And then there's what we create. And that has not been created yet. So we don't know where that's going to take us. So, you, you know, hindsight, you learn from it and you, sit, you can study it and it's helpful as hell, but it, it will never make it to where you, will, you can totally see it from the very beginning. You know, like there are certain relationships, obviously, that have clues. If you meet a dude, the dude is hella jealous from the beginning and possessive. And then later on in the relationship, you go out with your friends and he doesn't like it. 
and he's jealous and possessive and you stay and then later on you try to have more friends and he's jealous and possessive, that's a very blatant clue. But, you know, it's just, it's not always as clear like that. People do grow. And if we don't believe that people can grow, then, you know, that's, you know, we have to work on that. But I know we all believe that people can evolve. Like we're different people now than we were two years ago. If we were to be condemned in how we were five years ago, we wouldn't be here. So it's it's just you just it's a risk, it's a dice roll. You can't you can't pinpoint that during the whole time. You just can't do it. If we did, we wouldn't have as much fun um, living if we knew how to how to control outcome. Yeah, I don't think that that's what I'm talking about at all. I think that you. Um I think it's beneficial to, uh, you know, the purpose of us having the podcast is to uh, uh, share, le- you know, more like specific dynamics of what happens, how it happens, uh, so that whoever is listening and is interested in maybe learning, not necessarily about how we do it, but for the purpose of learning from it to apply it to themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the actual uh, learning uh, specifics is useful. Yeah, and I'm I'm an anal dude who loves specifics. So um, I try to give it all, like specifics, and also, you know, not generalizations, but... um, summations that like you no matter how much you study no matter how much you ask no matter how much you tell no matter how much you listen there will still be a gap between what is known and what later on becomes known all you can do is continue to be truthful and ask those questions right and i think we've got like we're going in circles right now uh, but what I'm getting to is that there is a very specific trigger that triggers uh, pretty much everyone that ends up uh, ending the relationship in a negative, on a negative note. And that trigger is that it's a, hey, I've, I've gotten into it emotionally over my head. Now I can't handle it. And now I need out. That's what happens. Whatever reason for that emotional, uh, you know, uh, inability to control the flow of how, you know, where this goes is different. Someone, you know, has the whatever lack of this particular, you know, male energy in their life. Somebody else has the fear of abandonment, somebody, whatever, but whatever that is, the the trigger in this relationship is always that it goes too deep. Like, it goes past the point of being able to rationalize it and stop and be like, okay, let me pause. What is the basis of this relationship? This is a friendship that also has sex in it. This is not a whatever, you know, I'm not going to marry this person. This is not going to be my primary partner. This is only that. Yeah. So that's in it. That is very specific. And that is what happens every single time. Well, not every single time, but it happens a lot. Right. So you don't want to say every single time. But yeah, I mean, I would I would speak to that the same way. I'm not speaking any different. You ask, how would I change that? What can I do? 
what would I do differently? Is there a way to pinpoint that? No, you can't pinpoint what is the point where something is so good that it's too good. Only based upon their actions. If they start reacting negatively, then you call it out and you try to talk it about it and see if there's something that we're missing. And after a while, if it still manifests, then, then we, we, have to, we have to transition it. So you catch it as soon as you can, but... Right, so I guess my question is, you know, would you, uh, give, like, would you adjust your energy after, you know, sooner or only no. after so many specific... No, because my energy is based upon what we're dealing with combined with communication, conscious thought, and wisdom, and faith. But the equation will not change. You know, you don't want to start hedging because you think someone can or can't handle it. Um, you, you're good. But the reality is, if someone's going through some hard shit and you're providing some good shit, that good shit is going to seem way better than the bad shit. So you will naturally become more attractive. Right. So why would you hedge that? That to somebody could be like, dude, you help me in a way that nobody's helped me at a time I needed the most. Thank you so much. And I've had that m more often than I've had the latter. So I get people like me, you, you may not realize it, but you have always been this positive, supportive, steady person in my life. And I remember the times we spent really close and that really stuck with me. And you really were there for me in a ways nobody ever was um, at a point when I needed the most. And that's my legacy. So you can't get that far if you're hedging all the time. You just gotta, you gotta listen. You gotta pay attention. You gotta use your intuition. Have faith in the universe and be ready. Open, communicate, um, and not be afraid to spell it out and be like, "Yo, it seems like you want more than I can provide." What do we do about that? Is it so? Is it? Do you? And I've had this conversation many times. Is it? Would you sacrifice the good that we generate because you can't have it exactly how you want it, when you want it, how you want it? And they don't always know the answer to that right away or they, haven't, they can't always be truthful to themselves right away. And in the end, a lot of them are like, yeah, no, I want it this way. And I know I didn't say that, but I know my emotions were pulling that way and I'm now being honest with myself. And I don't, I, if I can't have you this way, it's too much. Yeah. You know, others adjust. Others find other people and that become their primary. And all of a sudden, I'm not, all of a sudden, what we had was plenty. Yeah. So it's, you, you know, I, I just can't, you can't tell. Uh, that's my legacy. Like, I live to be a person in someone's life that when they look back on, they look at that Tion with one of those people that was really there for me, that really consistently gave, loved, invested beyond when most people stopped and didn't. And that really helps me. Because so I, when do you stop? When do I stop? Well, <laughs> when I stop and I tuck my cape in is when my contribution is not benefiting their growth at all. It's where if, if, if my, my, my presence in their life becomes more of a detriment than a benefit... I'm, that's time for me to go. That's or one way. Or well, neutral is okay if we're moving forward because neutral is you're just moving. It's still progression. Um, the other time is when I feel that 
the energy and time that I'm investing in them is in vain because it's not helping them at all. It's just a right. quick fix. So I guess that's what I meant by neutral. Yeah. 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 If it's a quick fix, it's like, right. you know, I'm falling for the, uh, for the thoughts that they really want to grow and they really want to progress. And that's like my weakness. So I'll dive in head first right. and spend 200%, remove energy from other places to dedicate, to empower, to just be there for them through this, what I'm deeming as a crisis based upon what they're right. telling me. Right. Um, and to find out later on that it really, they don't have any desire to change anything. It's just they it's want just to feel normal. better. It just, it makes that's me feel exactly like I felt in junior high when I was a fly girl's best friend that whenever they needed to feel good, they would call me. The minute they felt good, they would bounce. Right. And that's, that's, my, that's my trauma. Right. And I feel that when I feel that, I get my, the Tion of now, who's more uh, armored and more empowered, is like, fuck that. And so that's when I start, that's when I start pulling back because I, that feeling is really deep with me. I, I felt, I allowed myself to be very used as a, as a, as a soft little middle well, schooler. So, you know, I have none of that. Like I don't have that trauma and I still have <laughs> the same feeling. Right. I mean, I absolutely will stop talking or will just go back, back, I mean, just go to a polite conversation that doesn't go anywhere mm-hmm. if I feel like. Someone's there to just, you know, feel their space, like feel the airspace. Right. And, you know, all of my suggestions or like if someone, I mean, the worst that can happen is someone comes and complains about their life. And then I go, okay, well, do you need help? Yes. Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's, okay, so we talk about it. And then it goes straight back to the same Right. Like, it's it's like, like they're arguing with you. Yeah. They're fighting for the points they're saying they're not happy about. Yeah. So then I'm like, all right, so what was the point? Like, I, I, I mean, that was fun. I mean, we exercised and then what? Right. So, yeah. I mean, and that's, that has nothing to do with any, you know, trauma or feeling of being used. I'm just like, but well, what, they're just wasting my time. Good at, like, okay, say you're going through this with a dude, but the dude's really good at, like, something that you like i've had that so so, so it just takes a little longer just, to get out that's what i mean like, <laughs> i mean can't that be a form of compensation like yes for a while but then eventually it's like okay well there's nothing there like really right. i mean how much of that dick can i take like it's not you know right. yeah you know and that's i think that that's so then if that goes away yeah, then there's along like, with yeah, then they just it just faster. The end is just yeah. I mean, it just there's gotta be it, it's being you feeling the feeling of uh, just like contributing and motivating and contributing and motivating, and then that's being taken as entertainment. Yeah, that's like the like well, that's. It's, 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 that, it feels like it feels like user friendly, and I don't know. I don't want to say that they are doing it on purpose because it may not be. It's just we all have control traumas. We they're all we do things to derive energy from people, and hopefully we're conscious of it, so we learn how to replenish and reciprocate. But sometimes we're not conscious of it, so people just don't realize that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what it's like for me, the analogy would be: there's a, there's a street basketball player who's like, you know comes to you like man i want to be a pro like you i want to be a pro in the game i want to play for the warriors and i'm like cool 
well, here's the playbook. Like, I see your talent. Here's the playbook. Here's what you have to do. Practice shooting a thousand free throws right. a day. Do your sit-ups. Eat right. Don't be out partying. And you can do it. Okay, coach, I'm really down. Two weeks later, he comes back. Yo, I'm ready to be in the game. Really cool. Did you read the playbook? Nah, I ain't really read that playbook, but I'm really ready to be in the game. It's like, <laughs> cool, well, how's your free throw? I ain't been in the gym in a minute. Well, cool, you've been partying? Yeah, I've still been partying. Okay, cool, well, see me when you're ready. But I'm ready, coach. Yeah. And then a month later, and then two months later, six months oh. later, two years later, and then or when you bring I it up to them. I don't want to do this. I yeah, do it that coach, way. I want to be in the game, but I really don't like your plays. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to play. I really don't want to do those things. And it's like, okay, well, you do what you want to do. Just know that the decisions you've made in your life so far have gotten you to where you are. If you want to be there, you have to subscribe to different things. Or just accept the fact that you want to be a street ball legend and be happy with that. Yeah. You know? And that's where it gets frustrating because then then it gets to the point where eventually they come up to you and be like, man, I want to be in a game. And the minute you say something about that playbook, they get mad. Right. (laughs) I don't want to do it your way. Like, what what if I want to do it my way? What if this is just how I am? And be like, all right, then, like, you, I didn't come to you asking you to be on this team. <laughs> you came to me saying, I want, I want to learn how to be on this team. Uh, I like the results you have. Right. And I want to learn from that. Yep. You can argue with me all you want. Like, I don't, this, I, you, I, you came to me and asked for help. I gave you help and offered what, I, what helped me. If you're, you know, so if you value me as a teacher, and I give you advice, and you go, well, that's just your way. Yeah, you're right. It's like it's like sharing with someone who wants to lose weight. Uh, you know, like I've I've been enjoying doing this. Like, hey, so Tion decided four or five months ago that he was gonna give up whatever dairy, wheat, red meat, and refined sugar, and he's lost like twenty pounds. Oh wow, that's awesome. And that's that. Right. I'm like, all right, well, then you don't have to do any of that. Right, and then they come back to you next week like, man, I really want to lose weight. (laughs) I'm like, all right, so what was it not clear that I I said? And the moral of the story is like, dude, like, (laughs) if you don't want to do those things, you don't have to. Just be happy where you are. Like, if you, you know, if you don't want to. Or find a different way with that works. Right, do that something. Works too, yeah, right? yeah. So that's when that's when I pull back. Yeah. Is when I feel like I'm really not appreciated. Because um, being used, whether they're doing it on purpose or not, is not sexy. Yeah. I really don't like not being not feeling sexy. No. Like I that's don't. that's on my list of feelings I want to feel every day. I think that uh, the only rule that Tion really knows I have is if I start being used. That's when everything goes. Like there is not not even a negotiation. Like I can, like I can, go through, whatever sensitivities, fears, doubt, whatever, whatever, and I can get through it. But if I start feeling like I'm being used, the whole show is off. Yeah. Like I'm I'm out. The whole dog and pony show. <laughs> the no whole more donkey black show. Russian podcast. Is off. <laughs> the whole. Ren and Stimpy show, the whole mm-hmm. David Chappelle show, the whole Boondock show. Yep. Yeah. So that that's what that it was is. my. I mean, I just had I you know I've been pondering different things lately, and uh, that was my way of sharing with you what I've been pondering, and 
with yeah. everybody else. Well, and the good news is that's probably going to be something that we talk about through many podcasts is just the different experiences. This one, we're talking more deep roots, motives, self-nourishment, and things like that. You know, we'll get back into things where it's specifics, not with names, but like specific circumstances. Names and social security numbers and <laughs> like, addresses. Like what it's like when we meet somebody that I meet and build a relationship with first and then introduce them to you. How does that play a role in the balance? What happens if we meet all at the same time? How does that play a role in the balance? What happens if it's someone that you've been friends with and you bring them around me? How does that play a role? And all the different dynamics of these things because they all affect things differently and how the balance is and how the dynamics flow. Um, so can I can I tell the funny story? You, you can happened? tell the funny story. I, I I'm trusting that, <laughs> that it's, a, it's funny. a funny story. Yeah, it is. And it's not so, putting anybody on blast. No, it's not. Okay. So you know this uh, friend woman that uh, we are both friends with. Fremen. Fremen. <laughs> and have a super super cool relationship with pops up on our joint text line and like. Hey, can I share, like, if I want to share something sexy with you, do I talk in this one or individual? Like, what's the rule? Right. And I'm like, I think both of us at the same time, are like, well, you know the rules. If it's something sexy about the joint, then it's on joint. And then, joint meaning all three of us. I mean, all three of us. And individually, it's like, you know, like, how you've been doing it. I'm right. sure if you want to talk to Tion, you talk to Tion. You want to talk to me, you talk to me. It's like so separate. we'll translate it very clearly. So... If there is a woman that we both are sexually active with, right. together and individually, if they want to talk about something sexy that's just pertaining to them and me, press one. <laughs> if they want to talk <laughs> sexy that's just about the sexy between Eula and them, press two. If they want to talk about something that's sexy that pertains to all of us, press three. That wasn't the funny part. No. The funny part, I was thinking, all right, well, she wants to talk to Tion, and for some reason she wants, like, she's being sensitive about it, and I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then she comes straight to me with, like, this whole thing, and I'm like, holy shit, I really thought that she was talking about Tion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, no. And she's like, nope. <laughs> Do you want to tell what it, what it was? Oh, was that part of what was funny too? That was pretty funny. What part was funny I, to you? To me, like I assumed that she wanted to talk something sexual directly to you, and somehow she was asking my permission oh. to do it. And I'm like, "What? I'm confused. You know the rules. Like, why are oh, you asking?" But, but it was all about me. So she was wanting so to make I sure thought, I was okay. Yeah. That she talked yes. to you about you directly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, you just never, you never know. You just never know. You never know. I always assume that it's something, you know, that the main sexual relationship is with Tion, and then the the benefit, like, like, you know, the three of us is kind of a benefit. But sometimes, maybe it's not. You you never know. You don't want to ever get in a conversation. I was kind of feeling proud. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to assume. But, (laughs) but yeah, you know, just. It goes into the funny stuff on just how, you know, everybody has different fantasies and different desires. And when you let somebody, not let, when you give somebody the space, empower the space for them to just be free and be themselves and just ask whatever they want to ask, yeah. you know, you just get really cool things that are sometimes interesting. Um, 
So, so she asked, she asked me, she asked me or asked us. No, separately, each one of us. Okay, so she, she went to separate lines. Okay. So she came to me and said, how do you feel if me and Eula had sex while this other dude that she was seeing watched? That you happen to know. That I happen to know. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, my, my, my photem said one thing. My fear of the alpha male said one thing. But luckily, that voice is very low. The collective Tion said, you know, whatever Eula wants to do and what she's cool with, it's totally up to her. So you should talk to her about that. <laughs> and so, you know, that was my part. Like, I didn't say absolutely not. I didn't say, hell no. I didn't say, <laughs> why him? I said, whatever, whatever she wanted. And to be honest, I was like, Shit, she might. But I just had to be like, that's her choice. There's gonna, you know, it may not happen now, but there may be a time when that happens. And, you know, there's totally no reason why she can't have that space to have that happen. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. That was pretty, it was, <laughs> wow. She came in hot. She totally came in hot. But I was yeah, laughing. Love her for it. <laughs> love her for it. And, you know, I guess you weren't that into it. No, I was Well, I mean, you can't. It takes so much for me to get into it with somebody that I don't think that, you know, unless I happen to be at the right spot at the right time with someone who was completely, like, clicking on all of my you know, check buttons. I don't see me walking into a room with someone I don't know and feeling all sexy with. Right. So it's just not like a situation where you're just not going to, can't have impromptu voyeurs. No, I don't drink enough. Right. <laughs> I don't drink enough. But even enough. if the person's not touching you, it's just you don't, no. can't be in a space no. with them. Like they're not, it's, no. a, it's a privileged no. space. Yes. Yeah. Of course. No, and then, you know, the whole thing of them knowing you and you know, yeah, that's just not... It's a little too close. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, you know, I did this with Tion's wife. Oh, yeah, great, thanks. Yeah, that gets a little... No, it's not. That's not, yeah. You can walk that off, like... Yeah, like if you had me and her on the island somewhere and, you know, like, that happens, then that happens. Right. Yula invokes her own 120-mile rule. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I just, I wouldn't, you know, like, I wouldn't want to be the one that, like, in in, the, in, in that situation. Ah, that's funny. Can't say it out loud, but we're talking about somebody, and this is not the person, but his name is the same, and... Ah, that's funny. Well, the universe is like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I guess... No, I, I mean, that didn't make me feel good, like, like... Someone being like, "Oh, I did." Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. We don't. We don't. We're we're open, but we're very discreet, and we've learned the the good way and the hard way that at this point, as of today, um, we don't like having tremendous overlap. Um, you know, it's just it's 
Some people are totally fine with it. Like, yeah, Eula has a good friend. She introduced me to her. I like the good friend, and me and the good friend start dating. Like, that's just... I mean, if I'm involved, not that's something perfectly we do. fine. Right, but that's like, <laughs> you know, the crossing of the, you know, that is just a little, little too close for comfort if it's not, you know, everybody involved and in the party. like we so. said, like, it doesn't have to be fair. So what works for me doesn't work for you. It doesn't have to work for you. So that's, you know, the not being bisexual plays a big role in it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I just... I mean, it just seems like at this point in time, we've learned that we don't like to fuck with each other's friends. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. It just hasn't boded well for the dynamic. Um, not, you know, maybe tomorrow that'll change. But as of today, I know personally, I'm just like, there's so many other people that it does not need to be a situation where I'm getting involved with one of Eula's friends unless Eula is involved and invited that scenario um, cause it's just, which is quite possible, which is very possible. But other than that, it's just that the wire is crossing too much. Like, can you imagine like, like Eula's seeing one of my friends and they're like at the house and I have to leave because she's having a date <laughs> with one of my friends. Like it was, well, you know, a, like, that's never going to happen with anyone. Well, I know, but you just, I'm just saying, imagine that it just be a little, you know, like some people are totally cool with that. Well, and that, uh, well, you know, that's on them. Uh, so I guess what we haven't talked, what we are not going to talk about, because it's already we're two hours into it. Uh, what I started with, you know, the purpose of our relationship, uh, or the purpose of our relationships outside of our marriage, uh, is quite different from some other ones, and I think that that's a. Uh, point that I would like at least to make. Yeah, episode 14. Yeah, episode 14, that there are so many different other styles. Some of them we have seen, you know, pretty close. And we're like, nope, we're not that. And nope, we're not that. And I think that helps us define what ours is more, more clearly. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure, for sure. All right, well, we won't keep you any longer. Not that it's a fucking podcast. We don't have to keep you. You can pause the yeah, shit and come back to it later. Exactly. If it's too long. But you know what? I've been listening to more and more podcasts, mm-hmm. and they're like 35 minutes and 55 minutes and 35 minutes and not, 55 not, minutes. Not Joe Rogan. <laughs> what is that noise? Oh, it's a whistle. Um, you know... Yeah, the ones, there's some that are very short that do them every week. And then there's some that are three hours long and some that are two and a half hours long and some that go one and a half hours, four hours. Um, and we always say, we'll do it until we don't. <laughs> well, I mean, when I listen to the short ones, I'm like, okay, well, this is really cool. Like what, what they're talking about is really very interesting. But maybe if they took a little more time, it would go in a little more in depth. Right. Especially if it's a new episode on a new topic. And it's not just someone's story, but a topic that is, you know, very interesting. Like I listened to one that was like literally uh, uh, like talking about how to deal with how thoughts are things. Mm -hmm. And I would have wanted it to be longer because I really wanted to... That was research, and it was like a whole... It wasn't just talking about it. Right, right. And I'm like, I want to know actually more about this. 
So maybe the purpose of the podcast wasn't to share all of the knowledge, but to spark the desire to go and find out more. Right. But that didn't come through either. Right. Yeah. We don't like to do that. All right. On that note, it's late. Gratefuls. Gratefuls. Um, Grateful to not have a very consistent mental or moral or emotional struggle in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful for enough voices in my head to put me on blast if I'm fronting and not being truthful to who I'm supposed to be. Nice. I am grateful to be with all of our kids this weekend. That's become a treat. Now that one's out of the house, it's like, oh, all three of them here. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful to be of service, whatever way that is, because that's when I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So that goes into our little one feeling the same way and wanting to be of service. Yeah. And that's a cool feeling. Yeah. Like that that was really cool to hear about today. Shout out to Deja for really feeling the need to be of service to feel and more whole and complete and more of useful. Yeah. And not even to make money. Yep. And I'm I'm grateful for skateboarding today, although it wasn't my best performance. Uh I'm learning to enjoy skateboarding for skateboarding and not for the competitive push myself, land all my tricks and Make people go ooh and ah like I've lived most of my life trying to do. Wow, maturity. All right. Is that three? Yep. For you? Yep. All right, Black Russian Podcast, episode 13. We're going to end it with a track called Ready for War by Pete Rock, featuring the man Chip Fu and Rene Neufeld from Jeanne. Ready for war. Boom, pang, pow. Write your own vows. Write your own script. Daily gratitude. Hashtag not every dick. Hashtag not every punani. <laughs> Hashtag bedtime. Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Ew. All right. Thank you. Be yourself. Be yourself. It's not easy, but be yourself. You deserve it. Bye.
See nobody with him, any with him that is giving and I kill it with force The force where we come from a different type of place and real clean source I have my armor and my shield so I don't fear no more Cause not God is guiding me for sure hey. I'm ready so run yeah. down Trust me, me not your run And all bad man he pull them and get on, get on My armor and weapon Got threatened and me lungs And I won't stop until his work is done He's done, I'm ready so run down Trust me, me not go run And all bad man he pull them and get on, get on My armor and weapon Got threatened and me lungs And I won't stop until his work is done He's done